Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Please be seated. I discovered a new thing to follow this year, Major League Soccer. I, I'm new to it. I'm from an area of the country where we have plenty of soccer, but not MLS. But something about this past year, I found myself stumbling into watching lots of, of different teams, but in particular, our local-ish home team, the Columbus Crew who, if you follow these things, rewarded my attention with a national championship, which I think is pretty good. I'm batting a 1,000, so I'm going to quit and try to follow another sport next year. I even got to a game. I went down to watch the, the rivalry game against Cincinnati. And we, um, this is such a big deal that they have titled this game. They've given it its very own title, and it is... The, the game is called Hell is Real. Right. Hell is Real. Kind of a weird thing to name a, a soccer rivalry match. Well, I was down there with a friend uh, from, from Athens watching this game, kind of scratching my head, wondering what this could be about. Well, it makes for really great jumbotron animatronics about fire. Uh, but the more I learned about it is this. This is the story to Hell is Real. On the highway between Columbus and Cincinnati, some person of faith has sponsored a billboard uh, with, I presume, flames and, and you know, things telling you that to, to get right with God or else, right? Because, or else your eternal soul is in a lot of trouble. Okay. We've seen this or similar things. The soccer rivalry um, is spoofing this. So that they weren't concerned about telling people that at the game. We were just concerned about beating the dreaded Cincinnati, which they did. But we've seen this sign before, right? You don't, it's not just Southeast Ohio. We have seen this. We've seen that signs and uh, that and similarly harsh unloving messages, and we have seen this all over the place. And with billboards like that, that are rooted in judgment and in shame, if that is the message that we are receiving on a regular basis, it, we might wonder if we are even loved by God in the first place. This morning we, we read of repentance of turning from our present ways and turning towards forgiveness, towards new life in God. Repent, though, it's a word that tends to land with a harshness that we associate not with abundance, not with belovedness, but instead with messages or signs that say, Hell is real. Or even those, those cartoon figures of, of bearded men who are holding the, the signs that say, Repent, the world is ending, the, the kingdom of, the God, of God is coming to an end. I, I remember uh, back in college, uh, 25 years ago, that there was the pit preacher. 
the pit preacher would show up where, you know, right outside the cafeteria. We, we have them here at CSU. They're everywhere. But it was the same guy, and he would show up, this sort of grizzled guy with got a big, big thick beard, and he would yell at us about, you know, uh, God and about how we were doing things that were very bad. And woe to whichever brave student said, all right, I can handle this, and went up and started to talk to him, which is part of the trap. Uh, it was feeding the trolls long before the internet was widespread. He wanted to be fed. Well, our world is certainly addicted to patterns of greed and self-centeredness that do us great harm. There is no question about that. Yet, the integrity of this message of repentance turns not so much on its theological acuity as much as this question. Does this person who is telling me to repent actually care about me? Not the me of his projections, but about the actual me, the person, the soul who God created and who God loves very much and who has been on this lifelong journey with the Holy Spirit. Would I, would I actually, as I'm hearing this message about repentance from this person, I think, would I actually uh, want to, I don't know, hang out with him? Would I want to get together with him for a coffee and an avocado toast and talk about all the ways that he might actually be right? Not really, no. <laughs> I don't. You might. I don't. And that's because... This is a different kind of repentance. This is actually a very one-sided approach to it. And this uh, supposed prophet is not practicing what he preaches. I would argue that it's the opposite. It's trying to contort the gracious and organic life that God has created around a harsh, sharp-edged, even fearful view of God, who in this version bears a staggering resemblance to the grizzled old man who is currently yelling at me. But that is not God. That is not God. To be sure, repentance is at the heart of the matter. In the book of Jonah, the people of Nineveh are saved by their repentance. Paul reminds the Corinthian church that the present form of this world is passing away. Jesus comes to Galilee saying that the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near, so we should repent. Now I'm going to stick with stories two and three on what the nearness of God calls us to. But Nineveh's repentance, that first story, reminds us of a great city proclaiming a fast and putting on sackcloth, which should tell us that sometimes whole cities, whole countries, whole societies can find themselves on the wrong road and have to find an off-ramp quick.
I'm more fascinated, though, by the nearness of God. How does that knowledge, how does that reality of God's imminence, how does that change who we are and what we are called to do and act and believe and how we are called to pray? What does that lead us to? Does that lead us to find ways to turn and find a deeper walk with God? Or do you find yourself projecting that repentance outward, hoping that others will mend their ways, expecting others to do all the changing? Or does it lead to something a little bit more mutual, a little bit more loving, a little bit more focused on the beauty and and preciousness of each and every soul that God has created? Billboards and pit preachers notwithstanding, repentance is not simply about returning to a rule book, if it ever was about that, as much as about reforming one's life around Christ. The Greek word is metanoia, which is about turning and transforming and ultimately taking on the mind of Christ. If the present form of this world is passing away, then repentance means turning and flowing with it. It means finding the tributaries of grace and flowing, following them as they twist and as they turn. You see how this is a journey. And if you're going to follow the, the flow of that, you're going to turn whether you want to or not. So the turning is actually natural. The turning is actually the life of the Spirit. And if you're just going in a straight line the whole way, you're not really doing much repenting. You're not really following the flow. Instead, you're just sticking with paths of familiarity and certainty. But you know, this turning is not just ethical. A more complete understanding of repentance imagines slipping into the contours of another world entirely. Time is growing short, Paul tells us. Something that has held the world together, but not so well, is beginning to come apart The foundations are rattling. The facade is starting to crumble. And another coat of paint is not going to do the trick. The present form of this world is passing away. The present form of this world is passing away. It's there in Scripture. It's right there. But how the message comes to us matters. If I hear that message of repentance and it's in the form of a billboard on the highway and the background of that billboard is just a bunch of flames, so I don't know if it's telling me to go to church or if I should go to Burger King, then I'm not feeling hope. I'm feeling fear. That's because the message always telegraphs the heart. The message always telegraphs the heart. I believe that. If I, if I stand in front of you and, and I lead liturgy in, in its prayer book finest, not a word out of place, or if I'm offering something different and, and I'm coming up with the most creative liturgy you've ever seen, it doesn't matter if my heart is not in the right place. 
I mean, within reason, we're all human. You're going to pick up on whatever it is I'm carrying into a sacred space like this. Maybe not immediately, but eventually. It always happens. By the same token, see, this is the message always telegraphs the heart. If you are writing an email, let's say to a member of your family, you're writing to your sister with whom you are very angry. And in that, you have filled your email with um, all kinds of, of saccharine, passive-aggressive things. We've all gotten that email, right? Or if you're sending text messages and you're feeling that same kind of thing, but it's just festooned with little happy face kissy emojis, um, guess what? She's going to figure it out. The message always telegraphs the heart. And you know what? This is hard work. That's why we begin our work, whether we're talking about repentance or revelation or resurrection, is always to start and to finish with love. And that means when it's at its best and sometimes at its easiest is when we find that flow and it just happens naturally. But it's not always easy. And sometimes we really have to do that kind of dig in work and say, is my justice work? Is my, is my hymnody? Is my work? Is my faith? Is it ultimately about love? Because when it is, we are following the flow of grace. And that means a lot of turning, a lot of repenting. But not necessarily the kind that's meant to scare us. Rather, it's the kind that's meant to give us hope. And to enliven us aware of the graciousness of God's presence. When love is our animating spirit... Everything hits different. Even the end of the world, or rather the end of this world in its present form, that's when we meet the disruption, not with fear, but with hope. Not with triumph, but with humility. Not with judgment, but with joy. The currents of grace, which sometimes are like a lazy river, and sometimes they're a class five rapid. The currents of grace carry us away from what we thought was this world and, and what we think is the way things have to be to something that is more gracious and more grace-filled. The world is passing away. Turn, repent, take on the mind of Christ. But what next? Should we all pool our money and go in on a road sign together? Who wants to do it? Okay, maybe not the hell is real sign. I just don't think that's on brand for us. But, but what if instead... What if we did this? Let's, let's buy a whole bunch of road signs 
to go after the one that I've been talking about here. So that first you see, you see hell is real, but then you keep driving. And the next sign it says, uh, we as Episcopalians, next sign, take a different approach. More, next sign, more nuance, next sign. And that because you are beloved by God, next sign. And that this image of hell was first envisioned not by scripture, next sign, but by Dante's Inferno. Next, next sign, we prefer to lead with love. Hashtag all are welcome. All right. I'll be taking a collection. Okay, so that is neither, um, that's both expensive and unsafe. So maybe rather than that, what if instead, now that the world is passing away and that Christ is among us, what if instead we chose simply to go fishing? Follow me, Jesus says to Andrew and Simon, and I will make you fish for people. This isn't church on a rock or keys to the kingdom, but an invitation to go fishing for people. For people. I've read this a million times, but it wasn't until I really looked at it in context with all of this repentance, which is over and over again in the, in the passage, that this phrase, for people, jumped out at me because that's what this is all about. We aren't building a legacy or even a church. We aren't creating a religion to pass down to our children, but we are building and rebuilding and improving our nets and our boats because our call is to seek people. To touch the hearts of the souls that God created and that God loves, loves for who they are and invite them on this mutual journey of repentance, of taking on the mind of Christ, of slipping into the contours of a new and grace-filled world. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fish for people. The world is passing away. Something new is coming in its place. Something beautiful. Something filled with hope. Let's go fishing.